you're mm. 150,000 times stronger and better than us <laughs> because you motherfucking bleed. If we bled out of the tip of our penises, the whole world would shut down. Like, like a pandemic. Done. <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Welcome to Burning Okay, guys, we are in queer Persian Muslim hell today. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so hard because it seems like a lot of fun. The devil's dancing down a strip pole. It's basically just um, the music video we all love. So we have Amir, yes, LGBTQ activist and a regular host for many panels, and he really battles a bunch of different topics, including transphobia, femme bashing, body shaming, racism in the queer community. He's host of the Take On Pod that I was on. Definitely listen to that episode. And he also, the, okay, this is like extensive, but it's important. Um, <laughs> he is a queer Muslim, and he changes the way religion and sexual orientation are mutually exclusive. And he really talks on that, which is super important to bring awareness to. And he's a self-proclaimed human unicorn. This is a fact, because it was on the internet. And um, he said the three ways to explain him are queer, compassionate, and colorful. And most importantly, he's a Gemini. Amir, thank you for coming to hell today. Uh, I'm so happy to be in hell, and I... I just feel very welcomed as a Gemini. This is my space. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know I identify as other things, but Gemini is my most important. Amir and I have known each other in the industry for a while. I've done pods with him. And I think we do lots of podcasts, but there's a rare time where you just have that magical chemistry with someone. I think it's because we're both colorful, compassionate humans. Amir, where are you recording from right now? I'm in Orange County, and I want people to know how we met. Because I was actually uh, interviewing uh, the man who shall not be named, Voldemort, <laughs> at the house. And you <laughs> popped up, and I recognized your eyebrows in the corner of the screen. And I was like, is that Hannah Burner? Bring her in. And that oh was our instant love connection. So. Do I have identifiable eyebrows? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Th well, they are quite expressive. That's why I'll never get Botox. Oh, maybe a little on the top, but... I need to be able to move my eyebrows. So I just to to go backwards, yes. where were you born? When did you come out? Oh, great question. Well, I mean, I pretty much sashayed out of that vagina, but no, I mean, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was born in Orange County. Um, I grew up in Laguna Beach, which was like gay Mecca in the 80s. So it was like the gays were everywhere. So I remember mm -hmm. one of my neighbors had like a kimono and he would just like, there was all these like hot men coming in and, out of, in and out of his house. I was like five years old. And I remember being like, that's something that I need to become. That's fun. You're like, how do I manifest that? I kind of did. And so I came out quite late though, because I was so religious. My parents were very conservative. So I came out in my late 20s. And it's just so funny because when I look back, this guy in college, I was so in the closet and he invited me over at midnight to watch Legally Blonde. Probably the gayest <laughs> date of all time. <laughs> and I didn't know what was happening. And I literally went there and he was like nibbling on my ear. And I was like, maybe this is what friends do. Like I was so <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, I looked You're like, how would straight guys act watching Legally Blonde? I guess they'd bite an ear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fine nibble and maybe a little like grazing. It's all perspective. <laughs> Who is your first celebrity crush? Oh my God. That's a good question. I mean, because I started working as a publicist when I was 19, I met so many people. So all of my uh -huh. crushes fell apart, but um, it's always JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh God, that's my first. I love that. And I still I love, love him. him. Still hot. I love a man with three names. Right? Also, 
you have such a strong presence. You actually on your Instagram bio said, be yourself at all costs. And you're not someone who I think grew up seeing people who were exactly like you, as in Muslim, queer. How were you able to embrace yourself so well and be so confident? I mean, a lot of it's like a shtick. A lot of it's like, because I, I think when people think confidence, they think you're confident every day. There are days where yeah. you're like, oh, I fucking hate myself. And then there's days where you're like, let me fuck on camera because I'm that into myself today. <laughs> so, it's, it's, for me, it's the extremes. But that's like the Gemini in me, right? It's like, it's like, just it's true. Extreme. I'm like, either like I'm in a hole or I'm just like ready to just be out there. So, or you're Beyonce. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I got the alter ego. That's where I got it from. So Beyonce has, you know, Sasha Fierce. I have Amir Yas. So like on TikTok, I use that persona to kind of be ridiculous. And people are always like, mm-hmm. wow, you're so not like, I'm like, I'm not going to be like, hey, honey, let me get your pole. Honey. I'm not going to be crazy. <laughs> that's a persona. Like I've created a caricature for a reason. So when people meet you like in real life, not TikTok, are you confident in that other person? Um, you mean confident with them? Like, in yourself in your like not alter ego i mean coming out of the pandemic it's been kind of hard like i went to a dinner party last week and i was like really awkward and i was like why am i so awkward <laughs> like at one point i said like i made the drum noise like boom, but it was like way off like i was like boom, yeah. boom, and everyone's like what noise is that and i was just like oh. <laughs> so i i haven't been quite that confident um i think i like the zoom confidence like there's a yeah behind a screen i'm like with a one ring light all of a sudden i'm like activated oh you don't want to use that (laughs) (laughs) we're not let's like swipe that from the record fuck that word um yeah i'm talking about you Lindsay. uh anyways (laughs) moving on uh no i think yeah i've got i've tried to be better about it but i still have to do like those affirmations where i'm like you're funny enough like you're tall enough like you're successful Mm -hmm. enough because especially with gay men they're very judgy and everyone yeah. kind of looks great. And it's just, it can be yeah. a lot. So. Especially in Orange County. And I can't imagine the kind of money they also put into like looking perfect. Everyone looks perfect. Everybody has a Birkin. I'm like, it almost seems like a Birkin is like the norm. I'm like, are they, are they just giving them out? <laughs> yeah, like, did I miss the like Costco, like free sample of Birkins yes. day? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was like, did I miss something? I also, I'm weird. Like I'm kind of cheap. But like when I see a Birkin, I'm like, how many italian dinners could i have eaten with that birkin (laughs) you know like was it worth it it's so true but it's it the west coast definitely has a different vibe with that um (laughs) but what are you most insecure about overall physically and emotionally we're getting i just want to break you down real quick break me down i love it um physically it's probably my like my nipples are big so I get kind of mm. self-conscious about it. But then there's people that really love it. Like I my yeah. loved it and was all about it. And so I've just kind of been trying to free the nipple and be more comfortable with it. Um, that's me being... I think it's how you wear the nipple. Yes. Yes. Because I feel like Cardi B has huge nipples and I got like jealous of her huge nipples because I was like, oh my God, like you will not miss those. Like they are in your face and they are ready to play. That's what I don't know why I'm cheering, but I I don't think I've ever shared this. So I'm awkward. I let your I, let your nipples take up space. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> they are. They really are. They like they're now arriving in the room five minutes before me, so it, it's good. I'm not mad at. But it. think about it. I feel like with men, I've never really noticed their nipples, but with women, it's like you have to have 
a almost invisible slit of a vagina and almost invisible nipples. And it's like, can we actually, or like if your body isn't completely like fatless, you're plus size. And it's like, can we just exist? Can we like have a vagina? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You're like, that's what I think every day. Can we have vagina? Can we own it? Can we not be focused on a slit? Like, I also don't understand these men that are obsessed with just a little slit. I'm like, your dick's like not that big, but it's not gonna fit in a little baby slit. Like, also, your dick is ugly. Yes, and your balls are uglier. Yes, balls are so. <sighs> ugly. Balls need a bra. You know, men are obsessed with like balls need a bra. <laughs> I think my fiance calls them like turkey gizzards. He's like, no one's excited about a turkey gizzard. Nobody, nobody. Is. Also, I feel like how has your style evolved? Because I feel like you're, well, you're always center of attention but like how do you decide like how to dress what to be um especially growing up in a muslim culture where things are a little more toned down absolutely you learn early i mean also being it's weird because like the muslim community is very toned down but then the persian community is all the way dialed up so they're real you're so right it's kind of confusing the dichotomy is like definitely there so for me i'm like okay i know how to dress for the mosque which is like your center of worship you dress a certain way and then i like i remember one time i went to the mosque during the day and then at night i went to a drag show so i'm really good at like quickly changing (laughs) wait you have a fashion line that's like from mosque to the rager yeah Yeah. (laughs) from mosque to the mall yes the hijab becomes a dress girl no i'm just kidding from hijab to house music Yeah, nobody cancel me shit. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, I think also being a publicist, I've learned how to like not be the center of attention and then also mm. be the center of attention. Like when I had to tell like an, an interviewer, like you can't ask my client that question, I was center of attention. But then if I was hiding on the red carpet. So I think my job has helped a lot with that. Well, that's some Gemini shit oh, yeah. too, going back and forth. Wait, why are you not on Shaw's? Uh, girl girl they they put one of my friends on there who's a quasi life coach who is literally bringing nothing to the show i'm like hello <laughs> hello hello okay i'm gonna have to make a couple calls not but then you never know you don't know if it'll be good long term um for well, your career I but you Mike, also i know Shervin. nima tried to get me on the show mercedes loves me i mean it's like it fits it would work that's insane yeah they're they're a hilarious cast all of them <laughs> such big personalities but yeah the persian culture it's what do you think as a Persian of Shaz? At first I was like, oh, you know, like I think that it could be damaging. And ironically, this is a funny like side story, but I was packaging a show similar to that. So I knew a lot of crazy Persians in Orange County and it was called Persian Version. So I mm. packaged it, we were pitching it. And then obviously Ryan Seacrest was pitching that. So I was like, fuck it, we're not going to do this. But I still love that Persian version name. I've always like loved that. But Persians, I mean, it's funny because- Anything that rhymes I think is genius. Honey. Right, like I'm any, investing. I will fuck someone. Any alliteration, or <laughs> yes, if you can alliterate, I will come. Um, that should be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, sex is cool, but have you seen someone use alliteration off the top of their head? <laughs> right, right. They always know what to do with their tongue. Um, anyways, we're getting on. Um, a lot of Persians will hate on it, but they would fucking do it in a heartbeat because we mm. love. We, you know, a lot of the reason Persians are, don't call themselves Iranian is because we think of the empire and the gold. We're still like Ooh, in like gaudy. We're like back in the day. We're still living that empire life. So like do any other Middle Eastern countries go like <clears throat> you're lying? <laughs> they do. 
they do, but we don't care. <laughs> we're like, we owned most of the world at some point. And they're like, well, you don't anymore, but we don't really care. Like I've had white ladies tell me like, you need to say you're Iranian. And I'm like, <gasps> you gotta mind your own business first off. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, we're very- Oh my God. Mm -hmm. We're very proud. I it's, it's similar to like the Brits. Um, I had an ex-boy, oh, you're British Dave, who I'd always joke, I'd be like, do you remember when you guys lost the war against us? And he was like, we owned everything. You guys were like, it was like too much admin to deal with you. We like sent a boat to like whatever. We didn't care. And I was like, okay, well now you should because <laughs> no one cares. You're not relevant the way you were. So yeah. grow up. Um, as times change, do you have anxiety? Yes so much about everything i'm constant i had anxiety about this and i was like we're friends why do i have i have anxiety about everything i'm like constantly as a gemini i'm always like thinking five steps ahead and i heard being in the future you have anxiety being in the past you have depression so yeah both mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh my god same it's also it is genetics do you think um persians in general culturally are open about mental health or can you give me a little insight on that they're actually not. So when I first got into therapy, my parents literally called my therapist, which is like so against HIPAA. And they were like, you need to tell us what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> oh, mom, really? <laughs> and they're like, um, he's talking about how you guys are overbearing. <laughs> yeah, helicopter parents. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of magical thinking with Persians. And it's very like yeah. therapy twice. And I was cured. Like my mom was like, I had postpartum. I went to, I went to therapy and then I was cured. And it's like, a lot of people see it as like, you go once or twice. Um, mm -hmm. And that's it. Like we did family therapy. I, I do it in quotes because it was literally me talking the whole time and them just listening when I came out. <laughs> and they literally were like, okay, we're cured. We're good. We're okay with it. <laughs> Are you though? Like you literally told me to delete my Instagram because you were so uncomfortable with who I am. Like, are you good with that? Are you sure? How how has your relationship with them evolved since coming out or before coming out? So when I did come out, this is, you'll love this. Right? Um, when I came out, my mom's first words were, "You're gonna get HIV and die," and I was like, <laughs> "Not where I thought this is going." <laughs> I was like, mm, "I don't love this." And then at least she cares about your health. She does. That's true. Like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen at the end of the day that's how i see it and i it's about shifting the way you put your perspective because you could get really upset yes. at that but also it took me so many years to come out so i tried to be a little bit more understanding about where they're coming from but like yeah. and then all of a sudden i don't know where this came from hannah i started like we were in the street and i was literally like dolphins are gay and penguins are gay and i was like screaming at her and i was like why am i yelling about gay penguins but <laughs> that's where the conversation <laughs> Well, you were basically saying like, this is human nature. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. And um, it's not a choice. Yes. Did, <laughs> did you feel like they wouldn't love you as much? Like did, that must have brought so much anxiety. You like feeling like there's a secret hidden from people who are your parents. I mean, listen, I always help. I help a lot of people come out now. And I always tell them, I'm like, having a secret kind of feels good too. Like being in a closet, <laughs> but having a secret kind of feels good. Like you have something in you that you're like, this is mine. And like when I did come out, I actually started shoplifting because I wanted something else to hide. So I, oh my God, that, that was like, you were like comfortable with that like naughty feeling. Yes. Yes. I, I felt like I, I kind of, and even though I'm quite flamboyant in Persian culture, I'm actually the least gay person in my household because Persian. Men <laughs> so nobody like, yeah. people are like your parents do. I'm like, no, everyone. And there, a lot of them are really good looking too. Like they, 
take care of their looks as opposed to like the average straight dude. Absolutely. Oh. And we and we also have a plastic surgeon in our household, so we, no one has forehead <laughs> wrinkles. Like, so they, and they dress very flamboyant. Like, I actually don't, I mean, aside from some tie-dye, I don't really dress that flamboyantly. They pretty much, yeah. they'll wear, like, my uncle wore an orange suit, get into, like, a bright lime green Ferrari. Like, <laughs> within the peacocking, you were just, like, a normal peacock. Um, in, the, so I've actually, like, randomly, I've dated two Muslims in my life when I was younger. And, but I never, like, really studied the religion so i want to know for people who don't know about the muslim religion what are some pieces of it that like anyone could take and learn about life from like are there any like real values you really like yeah so i it's funny because i'm not very practicing like i don't pray and fast and all that but there is a lot mm -hmm. in the religion that is like it's all about community and you know what muslim women were one of the first women to be able to vote um so there's mm. a lot, even though like culturally Muslim people are very awful to women, like in Saudi and the Middle East, but like in the religion itself, like women are actually at the center of it. So a lot of it says like, you cannot marry a woman without her consent. And like Christianity does not have that. So no. like when you look at the Bible, I'm saying like not Christianity itself, but if you look at Islam, there's, and then also Khadija who was married to the prophet, Prophet Muhammad, she was a millionaire and she was funding the religion. Like she was actually so it was pretty a bad. sugar mama. Yeah, she was a sugar mama. So it's like kind of bad. <laughs> she was a real housewife. <laughs> she literally, was, she was literally a real housewife. So it's mm -hmm. very interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, the terrorists or whatever. Like, what they're they hate women. They get, have four wives. All of that stuff. Like, it's all just cultural. So the religion itself is actually very supportive of women. So I think that's the coolest. Well, yeah, it's like the hijab. How there's two perspectives of it. It's like you feeling really powerful and in control and valuing yourself right. in different ways. Right. Um, <laughs> so right now, what's your relationship with God or Allah? Um, I mean, it, it goes back and forth. I mean, the relationship that I have with the God that I know is not the one where people are sending me those hate messages or like, oh, you know, I would love to see you killed. I mean, someone said like, um, if it was, if there was a purge, I'd love to kill you first. I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, okay, let, let's go. <laughs> You're like, so I don't have to deal with all the stress of like a 24 hour purge and I just exactly. get out in the beginning. That sounds amazing. Amazing, right? <laughs> no fear. <laughs> Like, I was like, I am fine with that. Take me out. So, yeah, I mean, it, the relationship is good. It's it's like, it's solid. I'm happy with who I am. And I was watching a movie, and it was about a, a queer Muslim. And in the movie, he says, being gay made me a better Muslim. And I never thought about it like that. Because oh, wow. now I became more empathetic, Hannah, right? Like, I cared about people more. I saw people's pain more. I understood where people came from. I also have been in therapy for 10 years. So it just made me a better person. I think if I was just a straight Muslim, I just wouldn't have been as empathetic. So it actually was interesting, that perspective. Ooh. So dating-wise, do you care to date a Muslim? I don't like, this is going to sound really crazy, but I don't generally like Middle Eastern men. The ones that I've been on dates with that are Muslim, I mean, you don't have to be Middle Eastern to be Muslim, but generally, like, Muslim men tend to be a bit more controlling. And I don't mm. do well with that because I'm like, wait a second, I'm laughing too loud, bitch. Like, I'm laugh as loud as I need to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't dated any Muslims, but I mean, I'm not closed off to it. But again, I don't, you know, I drink and like, I go out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really the conservative Muslim, but I definitely mm -hmm. am culturally Muslim for sure. You also talked a lot on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram about how horny you were during quarantine. How... <laughs> Is how is your sex life going? How often are you jerking off? Like, give me the details of your sex life. I'll give it all to you. I I got two uh, vibrators from Amazon. So and I Amazing. Victor and Hugo. 
So, <laughs> so you're in a thruple. I like, I'm in a thruple. Wait, I mean, they're so nice. They don't talk back. They're very supportive. And they only turn on when I need them to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stand up. It's so, good. it's so good. It's like, it makes me so happy. And I never really like valued sex toys unless someone like had them. And like, I never had my own. And that felt very mm -hmm. adult. I was like, I'm Carrie fucking, you know, just living my life. Like, I'm, I feel like it's, it's a form of self care to, to, it's almost like <laughs> if you use other people's sex toys, you're not like admitting that you like and want sex toys. Because it's like, it's not mine. It just happened to, I happened to sit on it. Whoops. <laughs> but if you actively go and buy it, yes. um, everyone go to Balesa. They have incredible ones. But yeah, it's like a real form of self-acceptance to be like, I deserve sexual pleasure. I deserve to make myself orgasm. Exactly. And I, and I deserve to come and I deserve to do it without a man, which has been really new yeah. for me. Usually it's like, I would fill my boredom with like a hookup or go on a date or like, and I'm realizing I'm like, there is no part of me that wants to sit in front of a stranger after the pandemic and talk about mm -hmm. what their favorite color is. I don't give a fuck if you have a sibling. Let me see your dick. You know, like, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> it's crazy because before I met Des, not that like getting engaged, I, d I don't know really anything more about love, but I know that I got to a point where I was like, I always had someone I was texting. Like, even if I didn't really like the person, I always had that source of someone giving me attention. And for the first time, I like really took the drug away and I was like just actually alone mm. and someone said like I think it was a, a TikTok thing but they were talking about sorry I can't give credit I totally forgot and TikTok you can't, once once you refresh you can't find that shit we <laughs> so, never find anything I'm like wait a second where'd it go <laughs> so basically they were saying if you want something you have to be comfortable with the opposite like they were like if you want a great life you have to be comfortable with death if you want to meet someone you have to be comfortable with being single if you want to be rich you have to really be okay being poor and it was this interesting idea of just like how your mind is free to free to accept things and not force things mm. um fuck and that, that was fascinating to me fuck that positive person that's the <laughs> yeah positive toxic po bitch. positivity bitch <laughs> like yeah. i wish i could be yeah. like that where i'm like happy with the rich and then the poor <laughs> Life. like I wish I could be so balanced and I try sometimes there's moments like I don't know if you have these moments where it's like five minutes I'm like I have it together mm -hmm. and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden I'm like oh my god he didn't text me back and then I'm a mess I'm like what's wrong with me like it's yeah it's when you find that person is being able to control your mental like health yeah. or they can affect your mood based on like their text that's when i get scared because then you start losing the control of like you yes. and who you are yes and you lose and it then and you, you can't ghost stop them. it like you literally can't mm -hmm. stop yourself like there was this guy that i was texting in new york and then he was in miami i literally hannah i watched his story like a uh, you know freaking law and order detective i was like Shh. and there's one where some guy was cupping his face and i literally was like hey cute new boo and he was like that's my friend like you're in <laughs> I love how you were sarcastic about it. You're like, gorgeous. You guys are great together. When are you getting married? I was like, I can't wait to meet him. And he was like, there's no reason for passive aggressive behaviors. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so if you went to a psychic, who, what would you want to know about your future? I love psychics. So when you said that on the show, I was laughing. So I was like, I would be a psychic. Um, <laughs> there were two types of reactions. The people who were like, that's fucking crazy. And then... Hundreds of thousands of DMs going, who is your psychic and where can I contact them? 
psychic. Um, there's this lady I go to in downtown LA. She's amazing. She's literally on some random street and like, it's crazy. She's like so dead on. So what I would want to know is like, when am I going to just like stop seeing men everywhere, like hot guys and think about their O face. Like I'm so tired of thinking about <laughs> how they look and it's like kind of exhausting. Like I'll be in a meeting and I'm like, I wonder what this guy looks like when he comes. I'm like, why am I thinking about that? I don't want to think about that. Oh my God. It sounds like you just, you're horny. I'm just really horny. But then it's like weird because once I nut, it's very never mind. It's very. Well, that's men, I feel like. Oh, that's men. I guess that is. That is. Sometimes I forget I'm a man because I'm like, I'm really pretty and I like, like, <laughs> but like, I am still a dude. That's why I can give really good advice to straight girls. I really do give good advice. Do you have any good advice on love or like flirting with guys or any confidence tips? Absolutely. Just always remember that men are so insecure and have the most fragile ego ever. And actually you're mm. 150,000 times stronger and better than us <laughs> because you motherfucking bleed. If we bled out of the tip of our penises, the whole world would shut down. Like, like a pandemic. Done. <laughs> shut down. Like, we don't survive anything. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I know. I've seen guys get colds before and it's like... This isn't a pandemic. You have a cold. You have a, you have a sniffle. You have a flu. Like when my ex had a flu, I literally got a hotel, Hannah, because he was so exhausting. He was like, I'm never going to. I was like, I hope you just die in my apartment. And then the rent goes down. Like, it's just crazy. They're crazy. They're so Before we do our, our game, I want to know in the pop culture world, because you were so good at knowing everything that's going on. Do you have any updates or opinions? Um beginning with Erica Girardi and did you watch The Hustler and The Housewife? It was so good. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts I need to know? First off, Danielle Staub, like that whole outfit and the leg with the Louboutins, I was like, I was like, who the fuck is this? I was like, what is happening? And she would go from, like, she was all over the place in the best way. Like, she's like, I don't like her. But then she'd be like, she's a strong girl like me. And like, she was just giving the best one-liners. It was so good. The, yeah, the, I met her at a strip club. We worked at the same strip club. We're strong. We have we love our kids. And then it's like, oh, she's a bitch. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what's happening? I think and she'd be like, there's a lot of fake people in this business. I see similarities with me and her. I'm not like those fake girls, though. <laughs> And she was like hating on Bravo and it was just, it was just so delightful. I, I mean, with that. And then they had the random other housewife that used to be, I guess, Dana Wilkie Beverly Hills. with the $25,000 yeah. sunglasses. Wow. Wow. Oh God. It was good. It was really good. But you know what was odd to me was putting those two people in kind of made the documentary a bit more silly because yes. I think that it was kind of really somber and pretty dark. So yeah, it really affected me. Like I couldn't fall asleep at night because I was like, like when that Indonesian man was crying over his mom, I was like, this is not. I mean, it was full on like a Dateline expose, but then I feel like they were like, oh, we want the Bravo people to be interested. So they like threw in those two women who like everything they said was just like weird opinions and it was honestly unnecessary. But cause like the Bravo people are fucking crazy and need to know every detail and would have literally read like Jen, Sha Jen Shaw's like lawsuit. <laughs> like we you would, don't have to make it entertaining <laughs> we would read anything like we would we'll read it all when jen shaw said she had dry contact lenses like that's the best thing i've ever read that transcript <laughs> do you think that erica knew yes why 
So I worked for her for an entire day and she is so aware of what's happening around her. So I worked as a publicist assistant and she hated me. And she was like, <laughs> yeah, she tried to get me fired. Did, did I not tell you the story? No. Yeah. So I worked, so I filled in for my old boss and I get there and it's Erica Girardi and she's going on um, Fox TV, like daytime TV promoting her book. So I get there and I knew her makeup artist and I walk and I think she thought I was someone else. She's giving me daggers, dirty looks. And then I was talking to her makeup artist and she was like, I think you need to service your client and stop talking to random people. And I was like, Erica, I introduced myself twice. Like I'm so-and-so's <laughs> assistant. Like, I'm like, what are you not getting? And she like hated me. And then it was live TV. So I was like, you got to go. And she's like, I don't do what you say. And I was like, you have to fucking get up. Like, I literally was like, you have to get up. Like, we're in a green room. You have to walk there and you're wearing fucking like 12 inch heels. So she got <laughs> up, she went. And then we went to her office, Hannah. And then I walk in and, and her publicist, who I knew was like, oh, this is Amir. Like, he's been helping us today. And then she was like, oh, I know who he is. I was like, what did I do to you, bitch? Like, what? And then she tried to get me fired, long story short. But she was so aware, <laughs> what I'm, the point was bringing this up, is that she was so aware of what was happening around her. So there's no way she didn't know that her husband was putting $20 million into her business. Like, girl, please. like. Because part of me, I was trying to be like, could he be like, hey, this is like a tax thing. I'm just going to put some money in your LLC. Like, And she didn't know that it was like from victims. Like, I know tons of girls who have rich husbands who could not for their life tell me what they do for a living like what does financial analyst actually mean like people make fun of instagram influencers i'm like what the fuck is a financial analyst what's a logistics partner like what the fuck is that what's a coo um, like coo <laughs> i'm like you're doing what's a cfo what's a cfo exactly ceo i get you go on nice lunches that's it coo <laughs> i'm like you're dicking around you're doing nothing. CFO, you're like making sure the elevator still works. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. That's why we're not in nine to fives. Well, it's interesting. Oh, it's so funny because I don't know Erica. I'm just, we all can say what we think, but you're like, oh, I've spent a day. It's funny when you spend a day with someone that you're like kind of understand how their mind works. Um, <laughs> secondly, what do you think about Ben Affleck and JLo? What are your oh, thoughts? So I predicted Benefer like five months ago on TikTok and people were like, this is fake. It's never going to happen. So I feel really good yeah. about my prediction. Okay. Um, You're and, psychic. I, and I like them. I mean, they're making out in Nobu. He's like, you know, he was Dunkin' Donuts Ben the entire pandemic and now he's like yeah. hot again. So I'm not mad at Yeah. It. I'm not mad at it. I thought it was just like a fake PR stunt of like Ben's people are like, hey, he can't outlive this like Dunkin' Donut bullshit. But like if he gets with J-Lo, it'd be great for him. And J-Lo's like, I literally need anyone that could distract people from this A-Rod bullshit. So it seemed just like, also I was telling Paige that we were talking on Giggly Squad about it, that like, if you want to be private, like look at Tom Hanks and his wife, they're alive, but you don't see them on dates every fucking day. Like it's clearly a PR play, but it still could be a PR play in real. I don't know. I just don't buy stuff lately. I'm just like, this is like, a business partnership. I agree. I always tell people, I'm like, you can be an actor, not famous. Meryl Streep. There's a long list of people who live a very normal life. They go to Ralph's. Like nobody cares about them. Just being <laughs> chased. Like nobody cares, right? So don't. Yeah. As a publicist, I can tell you, Hannah, I have called paparazzi on every single client I've had, from Michael B. Jordan to mm -hmm. like the C-list celebrity, because mm -hmm. that was that is how you do it. Like you you think Boa Steakhouse is that good in L.A.? It's not that good. We call the paparazzi on Boa Steakhouse. Like that's not, it's not that good. Saddle Ranch tastes like eating ass. And that's the, the only reason it's pop. It's the paparazzi. It's I think that people don't understand how like 
controlled you are by the media. Like the media shows you what they want you to see. And also, even like I noticed the Chrissy Teigen stuff, once it got announced, the photos the press were using of her were so gnarly. Like they were just like she went from like America's sweetheart to being like Chrissy Teigen tell someone to die and they picked like the worst lighting and like that kind of stuff. It's just crazy how the media can like pick sides like that. They do. And they turn. I mean, we saw what happened to Britney Spears. That didn't happen to Christina Aguilera or Ashley's whatever. um, Jessica Simpson. Right. Like they they pick and choose. Right. And again, I don't agree with what Chrissy Teigen said, but you this idea of canceling the very few women of color that are at the top. It's like, how often are white men doing really stupid shit? Like, they're not saying shit. They're like raping people. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> You're like, we just have to get our priorities right. Yeah. What do you think of the Michael Costello thing? So I have worked with Michael before. He's a really sweet, delicate soul, and he's very kind, and I get all of that, okay? But I worked in fashion PR, when you mm-hmm. are a woman of color, Leona Lewis, you have any hips or curves or anything. Um, they used to like the fat shaming in the fashion industry is is as popular as Chanel. It is it is like mm-hmm. still today. So the mm-hmm. fact that like they, it's not unbelievable that they would be like, oh, we don't have the size for you, even if you are a celebrity. Like this mm-hmm. has happened to Kim Kardashian when she started out. This is a normal occurrence. Like yep. the idea that people are now dressing Beyonce eight years ago, that was not a thing. It was like, girl, buy it off the rack or like, we don't care. Like, so this is a new thing. So I do believe her. I just, I don't, part of me is just like, okay, but Chrissy Teigen needs to stop telling people to kill themselves. I get, (laughs) but she's like part of it. It's part of her humor. Like if you follow her, she's pretty irreverent and flippant. So again, she like you and I and her, I'm not like saying we're the same as Chrissy. I'm just saying when you are a comedian, (laughs) you're a bit flippant. So people are like, oh, that really hurt my feelings. I'm like, bitch, it's funny though. Like, (laughs) well, it's also like your friend group. Like you might have a group where like saying like go die is something you guys all say. But then in a context of like the world and bullying, it's not acceptable. And she clearly didn't think before she wrote it. Absolutely. Um, Or like, I I don't know about you, Hannah, but I say like, oh, I'm deceased. And I had a friend who was like, well, that really makes me like it hurts my feelings. And I'll adjust. But there's stuff you do or like or like. A lot of times gay guys will call each other fag. And I had a, another a uh-huh. friend that was like, oh, that makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, your straight fragility is exhausting, but okay, I won't say mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, it's so... It, it's- a straight guy said that to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's true. It's, it's important to... For people to understand where you're coming from right. a lot of the time, like contextually, if it's like actually trying to hurt someone versus make someone laugh, but also listening and seeing how like things evolve and some words are just not acceptable like in this lifetime anymore um and apologize genuinely like i had clients that were like i don't i i'm gonna give a bunch of excuses and like there's this guy that's gay and he's like the hollywood olivia pope he's like the gay olivia pope and he's a fixer so we would hire him he's a crisis manager and he comes in and he'd be like just say a genuine apology even if you don't mean it don't put a picture of a lavender field or like be like so like victim like make yourself the victim just apologize Mm -hmm. and like even if you don't mean it just be like i'm fucking sorry and you'll get your career back otherwise you won't that's it yeah i mean and at the end of the day even if you're not sorry for maybe part of it there's part of you that doesn't want to ever hurt people that you have to be like like dig deep to that part where you actually are sorry um who (laughs) because you've worked with so many celebrities can you tell me some that like you absolutely love as people 
So the best person in the world that I've ever worked for is Childish Gambino. So he is just like so hot, smells great. Um, <laughs> also, it, maybe one of the most talented people of our time. So talented. And he made his own coffee, Hannah. Like he wouldn't make me do stuff. He didn't validate his parking. He would pay, even if he was there all day, he would pay the full. Not that I, I, I know it sounds funny but to say that, but there's a lot of people that were very rich who would like yell at me because there wasn't enough validation on their parking. Yeah. And then they're getting into like a Royce Royce. I'm like, are you serious? But, so he was just those little details are important they're so important and he was just like one of the most lovely people ever and then michael b jordan i mean i worked in his house i was like part of his house staff so i would mm -hmm. that man in underwear i mean like shirtless like he he was so great um i won't get myself into hot water like i did when i was on heather mcdonald's podcast about talking about how he had a moment but we did and it's fine it's between us <laughs> <laughs> And nothing happens um, between us, anyway. Are there any celebs that need to work on their manners that you know? Uh, year, yes, there are. Um, oh, well, sorry, one one last story. You'll appreciate this. Nicole Richie, I, she was so lovely, and I I ran oh. into her once with my parents at like a spa in Arizona, and she kept calling me hot bitch. And my dad, like my poor immigrant dad, was like, "How does this celebrity know who you are?" And it's calling you hot bitch. <laughs> It's really funny. Anyways, that was a fun side story. <laughs> I love that for her. It was great. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, wait, what did you ask me? Sorry, I, I just had to tell you. Any this. celebrities that need to work on their... Oh, bad um, manners. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember Gastineau Girls? Yes, Brittany okay. Gastineau. Oh, she was... Oh, she was a nightmare. And the Kardashians came to her. I did a, like a gallery opening for her and they came. And she was just like... It wasn't that she was rude per se. She was just very bored by me. And I and mm. I don't do well with that as a Gemini. I'm like, I need to <laughs> You're like, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wanted to just like spew fire. And like Sophia Richie, uh, Scott Disick, Courtney and Kim are all laughing at the shit I'm saying. Okay. Kim literally was like, you're so fucking funny. And her is like this. I was like, Bitch. So I didn't vibe with that. I was like, and I was such a fan of her and her mom was amazing. Like her mom was like, we're yeah. gonna get drinks and like all that, but she was just not, and I'd be like, do you want yellow or red napkins? And she was like, napkins are fine. I'm like, bitch, pick a color. Like, it was just a nightmare anyways. I wonder where she is now. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, you are so good at spilling all the tea. We're gonna wrap this up with a final game called the seven deadly sins. Ooh. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Um, my orgasms. <laughs> do you prefer to orgasm first? No, because if I do, it's like the train You're done. arrived. I will just leave. My Uber's here. <laughs> I hate when you've already come and the person's like, and I'm just like, are you done yet? Like, oh, I'm so over it. It's not. Can you tell? If someone's a top or a bottom by just looking at them? I think you could tell before. And again, obviously, most people, if you don't know, like a bottom will be more feminine and then the top will be more masculine. But like, I'm a feminine top. And like mm -hmm. a lot of times now, even really masculine men are bottoming. And I think a lot of people are averse now, which is like you go both ways. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the new vibe. So why do you think it's new that people are versing? Why weren't they doing it before? 
Well, I think a lot of people, especially culturally too, like Middle Eastern men, Asian men, Latino men will be like, if I don't get penetrated, like I'm not really gay. Like they'll, they'll be like, oh. I'm still a man, quote unquote. There's this like, it's weird. And it, it starts from like, I hate to give you a side note history lesson, but in Roman times, like straight men would like have gay lovers, but they would only penetrate them. Like they would never get yes. penetrated. So it's a, it's a very yeah. interesting, and I, I've been on a date with a straight guy who was very like, oh, you can't go there. Like, you can't have sex with me. Like, I can have sex with you. Like, it. Yeah, like, it's only gay. <laughs> like, if. <laughs> I'm like, if you're kissing a dude or you even find a dude attractive, it's pretty gay already. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't want to define what a homosexual is. Right, but I will in that situation. <laughs> well, I do think also, straight guys, it's become way more acceptable to, like, for butt play. Yes, yes. And I love Because, that. like, and I feel like Gen Z's like talk about it, but overall it's like gay guys don't have a different asshole. No. You know, like if it feels good for them, why wouldn't it feel good for you? Absolutely. We, we got the same asshole and, and an anal orgasm is like way better there. People don't know there's juices down there. Like it feels good mm -hmm. for a dude. And oh, I, my friend actually works at a sex shop in LA and they've been selling a lot of pegging butt plugs. Like yep. Straight guys are kind of into that now, which is, which is, I feel like there's a lot of straight guys who like to be pegged. Absolutely. And you know what it is? Normalize it. And you know what it is? It's not the peg. It's not the strap on. It's the person behind it. So even a lot of people will say with lesbians, like, oh, why are you, that you just be with a dude? No, it's the person behind that instrument, right? It's not necessarily the dick. That is actually such a beautiful thing to say. Cause yeah, like when a guy's going down on me, like that's what lesbians do to come sometimes and it doesn't make it gay. <laughs> like it also, I just think everything is so much less black and white um, that people wanted in the past and every, everyone's versing. Yes! <laughs> we love that for us. Um, who are you envious of? Um, I'm envious of any of my friends who have any sort of success, even if I don't want it. So if they get in, get in house, like, <laughs> I'm so not happy for you. I have a save the date that I keep putting up and then throwing away and putting up again because I'm just so jealous. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I love that you said, even if I don't want it, because I have been in that place where I like didn't get an opportunity yeah. and my manager was like, okay, do you want us to fight for this? And I'm like, no, no, no I don't want it, but I wish that they asked me. <laughs> Oh my God, I love you. That's so funny. My friend got a, a hosting job on Daily Pop. Super happy for her. But I didn't even, yeah. and I didn't even apply. I didn't even <laughs> call anyone. And I was like, why am I not there? I don't, what? And then when she got bummed from the schedule, I was a little happy. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. And I no, want to be a better person. Up. And I told my therapist. But that's where you have to talk to yourself about it. Be like, okay, why am I jealous? Why do I really want that? Oh, I don't want that. Then why did you get jealous of it? Like, you have to go unpack a lot of shit. Like, that is some complex shit. I'm trying. I mean, I told my therapist last week, and she, it's so funny. She looked at me through the Zoom, and she was like, Amir, we know that's wrong, right? And I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I she says we, like, the universe knows. Everyone, <laughs> I think these people think I'm delusional. I'm very self-aware to a fault, but I'm like, I know I'm, I shouldn't be jealous. I don't even want to be married. I don't even want to be in a relationship. Like, I'll be at dinner and I'll see like someone across the room kiss and I'm like, I hope you're unhappy. And I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's like me being jealous of my cat every fucking day. Like I'll have to like go do an errand and my cat will just be lying there. And I literally like, God, why did you make me a human? Why can't I be this cat just yeah. lying down getting pet all day? And it's like, do you really want to be a cat though? They have the best. Do you really want to like. They have the best life. And they have nine of them. I 
Yeah, and they could put their leg over their head and lick their own asshole. It's incredible. Um, I saw I had direct <laughs> eye contact with a cat on Saturday night that was doing that. I was like, wow, we're like having <laughs> a moment. <laughs> Hold eye contact. Hold eye contact. Um, wait, why don't you want to get married? Um, Not in a judgmental way. No, no, no. I do. I just. I, I, there's a Whoopi Goldberg quote where it's like, I don't want to get married because I don't want to share my house. Like I don't want a yeah. voice in my house. And I think that's kind of what it is. Like if there was a perfect world where I was like wealthy enough where we had separate houses, like a mm-hmm. separate life, I would get married. And I also want my wedding to be all about me. So I don't want you there. So if you're willing to do a courtroom thing and then you don't show up at all to the wedding, like I think I'll be okay with that. It's like Amir is getting married too. <laughs> <Don't, laughs> Not important. I don't want attention. Don't tag him. Like he needs to know that <laughs> if you're gonna date me, you're gonna be a beta. And I need to okay. So you don't want to be with a power bitch. At all. I, I need to, I literally, Hannah, the worst thing I ever heard was someone said, Amir, like you should date someone really successful. You can be a plus one. And I was like, I need to work harder. Cause like plus <laughs> one to me is the worst thing ever. I've had so many friends be like, oh, do you want to go to like Paris Fashion Week and you'll be my plus one? And I'm like, nope, I need to be front row. I need to be like in the, I need to be courtside or I'd rather sit. But like, how do you deal with being a publicist sometimes that gets treated like absolute shit? Well, that's why I left. 2019, I was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, if I have to hold another Birkin of someone else's in the background, I'll lose it. No, if I have to go to another gifting suite for the motherfucking oh. Emmys with a bunch of ugly shit where all the good shit is in the back and you're giving it to my clients, I'm like, I don't want a hair dryer. I want the fucking iPad. So that's where I'm at. I was like, yeah. And I started becoming more interesting than my clients and I was like, I should. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, You start comparing like the energies and you're like, I don't belong in this space. Yeah. You outgrew it. I did. And I I just don't want another person that's going to be like not carry cash. I paid for everything because these celebrities (laughs) don't carry cash. They're like, can you pay for that? I'm like, bitch, you pay for it. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyways, (laughs) what are you gluttonous about? So what do you overindulge in? Besides orgasms. I love, you know what I love is a car wash. I, I love. We've never got that answer in hell. Oh, really? Oh, good. No. I, I love <laughs> a car wash. I love, I just love a group of men working on my car. Like that turns me on. I, I know I just love the vacuuming. Like I'll watch it like a voyeur. Like I'm like vacuum all the corners. Like You were like, here. get in those creases. Yes. I love a car crease full of sand. But it's good. are you a neat person overall? Like, are you cleanly? Yeah, I'm like a serial killer. Like the first time this um, <laughs> my friend came over was like, are you going to murder me? Like, because everything's so organized. And like, if I ever have like a housekeeper come over, I'll go put everything back in its correct spot. I'm so jealous because I am a literal disaster. Um, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? Like, do you have an angry side to you? Oh, there's definitely that Middle Eastern side for sure. Um, extreme wrath. Oh, I did, I did. So I was at a restaurant in LA and my friends and I were talking and this, like people next to us were like, kept staring at us. And I was like, well, it's not a motherfucking library. <laughs> they were like, you're too loud, you're too loud. And then of course my luck, they were like super industry people and like John Lovitz came over and like hugged them. And I was like, of course I had it in, I'm canceled before I've even made it. <laughs> <laughs> you fight with the most important people you know what social climbing's overrated right um when was the last time you were a sloth so like just a complete lazy piece of shit all day i think today i got up at noon and i was like i need to and i would just have done nothing tell you so good for you yeah. good for you um so actually i got an email today 
someone was in LA and they were like, sorry, just waking up now. I'm starting the day late and I was still in bed on the East Coast. So that made me feel weird. I love that. I was like, I shut up. People are so dumb. When people, someone told me they're like, a late start feels like I've given up the whole day. And I'm like, what is the day going to give you? Like, what am I rushing? <laughs> what are those two hours in the morning really going to change in your life? Give me a break. We're just like the demotivational podcast. Yeah, I don't like motivation. I'm like, the minute I see someone do like motivational quote, I'm like, unfollow. Like, you need to- <laughs> and it's always just because they liked how they looked in the photo and really want to make people jealous of them and then post a nice quote to make themselves feel like they weren't being cunts. Exactly. Exactly. When was the last time you let your ego get in the way of something? <laughs> like your pride. <laughs> it's always there. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's always there. I'm always like, let me check it. Um, I think it's when, <laughs> when was the last time it really got in there? <laughs> oh, I was doing a bride partnership. Uh, bride? What am I? Oh, now you have a wedding in my head, bitch. <laughs> Shit. I'm ready to be a bride. <laughs> I'm ready to be a bride, bitch. Call me. Um, there's actually a Persian, Persian magazine called Aruz. And it's like, and that means bride in Farsi. And that's always been my dream is to be like in a wedding dress. The cover. As- yeah, I uh, love that for you. That's a dream. Thank you. Um, so I was doing a p- pride partnership. I can talk now. And they like lowballed me. They were like, do all this stuff. And then like, and then the guy was like, oh, you can only pick, like they wanted to send me stuff and I wanted all the cute shit. And they wanted to give me all that shit that says ally and like bullshit like that. I was like, I'm not going to mm. wear that shit. So I literally was like, emailed them back. And I was like, unfortunately, this opportunity is just not going to work for me. <laughs> and, they, and they're like a nonprofit. Like I had been like going back and forth with them, and the guy was really. Pissed. You were like, "Ally, really? Can you get a little more creative? This was so last year." Exactly. I was like, "Get it together. <laughs> I want the ruffle shit. I want the like cute dress." I'm. You're not- like a rainbow. Mm. Really mm. basic. Tell them. Tell them. And then when I went to Nordstroms, they had partnered with Nordstroms, and they were like partnered with Saks. I'm like, y'all have money. I was like, you don't want to pay me. Like, oh my so god, yeah. At least give me the cute shit. <laughs> So that, that is so down. hilarious. Yeah, that was a problem. What do you feel about all these um, big brands that just like go gay for the month? Ugh. I mean, it's really problematic. I mean, like when Chipotle <laughs> is doing homo estas, I'm like, really? really? <laughs> no, they did it. <laughs> I just like I was in um, Union Square and I walked by a bank. I don't remember the bank. And it was like all neon flashy lights, like rainbow. Yeah. And I'm just like what in the fuck are you guys trying to do because you know the second the month is over they're taking that shit down of course they are and Citibank, like, i don't like, know her literally was it city bank it might have it might have been yeah like Citibank was like so anti like they literally like wouldn't like they wouldn't do healthcare for gay couples like they were fucked up and now they do the pride floats and they're all about it i mean the only company honestly is ironically burger king so they did mm. the whole it's called chick king which i think was an opportunity miss because it should have been chick queen but anyway, yes. And so they're <laughs> donating 40 cents on the dollar and then they like shaded um, Chick-fil-A. They were like, we're also open on Sunday. So that was that's fun. amazing. That I was all about. But like Coors Light doing LGBTQ, let's grab a beer queen or some shit. I was like, no, bitch. No, no. <laughs> it was funny. I saw. Did you watch Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix? No, I need to watch. That. I highly recommend Bo Burnham's new special. It has ups and downs, but he's a lyrical genius and he does this whole bit talking as like a creative coming up with a campaign and he's talking about like inclusivity and diversity and he's like and that's like just what pizza bites is about (laughs) and you were just like oh my god (laughs) like you just made fun of the obscurity of the whole thing but i love when there's a donation aspect to it like that's actual action versus 
the performativeness of like come drink our beer be gay while drinking your beer this month i'm like we're not gonna drink that beer like we need to have some grapefruit extract like read your demographics like or it's like a pr team like two days before the month was like by the way if you guys don't do something gay like you're gonna be shat on so like come up with something and they're like oh fuck i feel like it's gone too far it's like you know, the gas tank is like your gas casket, whatever thing is like rainbow. I'm like, it's too much. I'm like, I feel supported. Just chill the fuck out. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> a lot of my gay friends were like, just being like, just Venmo me. Don't spend all your money on a marketing campaign. Just Venmo me. Um, when was the last time you lusted over someone? Like, who are you crushing on? Oh, okay. So I went to get an x-ray. Random side story. Um, <laughs> welcome to 35, bitch. Your back's gonna hurt. You need an x-ray. Um, I looked cute in that, like, reverse hospital gown moment. Anyway, that's I bet. topic. But the guy was like, you look good. And I was like, are we gonna fuck in the x-ray room? Because that I have not done. That's low-key hot. It was kind of hot. Um, he was not. Um, anyways, we're going <laughs> Um, Yeah, so there was a guy in the front the front desk guy so i got there and first of all i think my doctor hates me because he sent me to the women's center i was already mortified because i was the <laughs> only man in the fucking place um anyways the place was gorgeous dusted walls and it looked very beautiful anyway so i get there there's this hot guy in the front literally hannah his leg was up like he just put his leg like so fuckboy energy was not wearing a mask like didn't give a fuck tattoo <laughs> Like, he was so hot, and he had his... He, like, definitely doesn't wear a condom. Definitely doesn't wear a condom. He, like, comes on your face. Um, <laughs> so that was the person. And I walked up, and he was like, what are you here for? Why are you at the Women's Center? He totally, like, asked me that. And I was like, um... I was like, well, my doctor sent me here because it's, like, whatever. I gave him the whole spiel, and he was like, it's kind of weird, but, like, you'll be up next. And, like, I was so hard. Like, that <laughs> shit made me hard. He was so hot, anyways. You're like, he hated me just like the doctor, and therefore I have two boyfriends now. He totally hated me. It was great. So you have such an amazing, positive, like, anti, anti-toxic, positive... Anyway, you just have good energy about you. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. But, like, I know you've been through your shit and your dark times, because yeah. a lot of people who present the happiest have been through some of the darkest times. So for the little devils, I like to wrap the pot up by asking, what do you do to cope with your hell when you're going through it? Well, for me personally, it was stand up. So stand up really, and I think a lot of comedians, and you obviously you are one, and Des and other people that are comedians, a lot of my friends are comedians, like stand-up comedy saved my life in a way because I was so deep in a closet. I was suicidal. I was struggling. And then I went on stage and I was like, when I made fun of it, it seemed more manageable, right? I was like, mm. oh, like, ha I'm going to kill myself, but I'm wearing Gucci. And then all of a sudden it was like funny and it seemed distant and I could start to unpack it. So it actually saved my life because a lot of people don't understand comedians to be funny, to be light, you have to go through the darkness. So people that are like generally kind of indifferent haven't really been through a lot. So mm. to go on stage, like, you know, I, I've taken comedy classes. My teacher was like, who's fucked up? And everyone raised their hand. Like that's <laughs> comedy, right? Like you have to be a little fucked up to laugh at yourself. So I would say like, for me, it's finding, my advice would be find that thing that kind of makes you feel alive. Whether it's comedy, whether it's improv, get outside your own head because our own heads can be very damaging. So sometimes it's good mm -hmm. to step outside of it. And also don't let anyone in rent free either. Like I'm, I, I'm so tired of thinking about what people think of me and all that shit. I'm like, listen, if your dreams are not big enough and they don't make people laugh, 
then you shouldn't motherfucking have them. Like I say things and people are like, okay, really? And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I'm going to, in 10 years, I'll have a late night talk show, bitch. And you'll still be mm -hmm. doing your 2.5 kids and the white picket fence and all that shit. Like, I don't want that. Like I want to do cool things, you know? I love that so much because I'm pretty sure that when you decided to do stand up, it wasn't a financial decision. Like it wasn't for money. No. And I think like anyone listening, get out of your head for a second and start doing whatever hobby you think brings you the most joy and just like watch how it manifests in your life. Cause sometimes like when the universe sees that you're like on a path, next thing you know, doors just start opening, that your friend group changes. And I love that you have that openness to just try new things to find happiness. Absolutely. And also the money thing is so key what you said. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, how much money do you make on TikTok? You waste all this time. It's not a waste because I've created a community and that's like stand-up i don't make millions of dollars doing stand-up but the fact of the matter is i'm good at it and i've also bombed many times i understand when it kills like that's a beautiful moment that most people it's death taxes and public speaking if you can do stand-up you're pretty bomb like we got magic girl like <laughs> I knew I got paid 20 bucks last night, but it was worth it. it. Uh, <laughs> yes. So Amir, yes. yes. Give me all the goods. Where can people follow you, listen to you, watch you, everything? I love you. Um, I've had so much fun. I you're the best. So fun. Um, this this went by in a second. I know, right? I'm like, what? We're done? Um, this is the most fun I've had in hell. And a lot of people say I'm going to hell. So if it's like this, I'm kind of down. I'm kind of down. <laughs> Um, you can find me at Amir Yas Official on both Instagram and um, TikTok, and you can message me. I'll respond. Dick pics are fine. Um, mm -hmm. Just not flaccid because nobody wants to see that. It looks like a dead eggplant. No. It's not cool. No. So flaccid, no. please. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I do Cameo, and then I have my podcast, The Take On. Um, that's pretty much all of it, yeah. We love it. Well, thank you guys for coming to our disco party in hell today. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh.